I feel like if we all die here, um, Megan and Enzo are going to have to wait <laughs> to, to, to understand exactly how we died. <laughs> <laughs> what I think is going to be great is, like, if we all die here, it's like we play another game where we're all our new characters and we open up Roberto and Enzo. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be more like next next week, um, Megan and Enzo show up to Skype and they're like, Oh, where's the other guys? And Pedro's like, This is it. <laughs> what other guys? I wish you do that anyway. Like you guys don't <laughs> like <laughs> don't join the Skype and you're like, So what's going on? This is we should probably well, handle it in game. Yeah. I'll come in and it's like, It's me, Bradley. <laughs> Hi guys. <laughs> Yo, it's your dog Bradley. Woke up in a lucid dream. Now we're hunting for the shards. We might be an oddball team, but at least we've got no bards. World Hey everyone, I'm Pedro, the GM and creator of Worldwalkers. Previously, the group managed to capture a member of the Brotherhood of Iron so that Quinn could absorb his memories and help them break into the cellar where Tin, Roberto, and a gunslinger master were held captive. We join the Worldwalkers now as they prepare to enter the cellar and rescue their friends. Vasa would have taken the nail file, which you described as six inches long, and she would have snapped it in half. And one end, she would actually would have fitted into the sort of um, like the, the sole of her boot, you know, like kind of slid it in there, wedged it in there. And the other three inches, she would have found a way to hide it and, and weave it into her braid so that it's not visible from sight. Nice. Um, also, she would. So this, I don't know if she can ask. If I can ask you, or if we just have to go with it, but the teleport scroll, does it is it a area of influence, or can Bermelstone specify who he wants to teleport? Uh, he specifies who he wants to teleport. Okay, Vasa also in the meantime would have looked to Bermelstone and sort of asked, "Do you think Grandmother should hold the teleport scroll in case?" Bermelstone, it's a difficult thought process for Bermelstone because uh, he doesn't quite trust Grandma. With magic. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? I didn't hear you. But Vasa makes a good point, so he would begrudgingly hand it over to Grandma. Oh, shucks. Okay, um, so as we're all sort of prepping, um, Vasa would take her ten minutes to give an inspirational leader speech, because she's been having a lot of short rest, so she has this available. <laughs> um, she, would just, she would just say something like, you know, what... What is a fortress of dwarves compared to beasts with poison dripping out of their tails? You know, what is a fortress of metal when we have a dwarf who can shoot lightning? You have my word that I will do my best to get us all out of this alive. And everybody adds eight to their health. Nice. Okay. Rumblestone adds heroically and mine. wise words (laughs) and then um, Vasa would look to the transformed Quinn and she says who are you why who are you answer the question who are you who are you I don't know what I'm doing here and she kind of just draws a breath and she looks very seriously at this door and he's like uh, he wouldn't tell you he just kind of shrugs he's like he wouldn't tell you I'm staying in character 
She, and then she says, I know, you are Quinn. You're a doppelganger. Yeah, 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 I know that. Dwarf. Can we trust you to remember that? I mean, I trust you to be able to trust me. I guess the next part is in your hands. Vasa shakes her head, but she just stands up. She's satisfied. <laughs> By the way, um, she would have included this dwarf in the health boost thing okay, in, the, okay. in the inspirational insane. So Clayborn, Bromelstone, Dwarf, and Ertleby, and herself would have all been boosted. And then um, she kind of straightens and she says, well, if everybody's all set, we have to catch them while they're still on their lunchtime. Ertleby would transform. And then uh, Quinn looks at me and he says, okay, so I've been inside this guy's head for a little while. Like, my, what am I doing again? I'm, I'm walking you guys up and taking you in for capture? No, you are walking through, but we are sneaking through with you somehow. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yes, Ertleby, before she transformed, cast Pass Without Trace. So everyone gets <laughs> plus 10 to their stealth. Then she transformed. Wait, and don't also you have a spell, uh, this would be said more in, in, uh, in game, that helps you find a mundane object. So if we get lost, we should figure out what mundane object, right? Or is that imaginary? No, that's, that seems true. Um, okay, locate object. <laughs> um, describe or name an object that is familiar to you. You sense the direction of the object's location as long as that object is within a thousand feet of you. And I can also know the direction of its movement. Um, what if I give him like a piece of paper from my, my exfoliation book? Yeah, that's cool. All right. So I'm going to rip out a page on um, <gasps> herbal peels. <gasps> Um, out a book page. And I'm going to be like, eat this if you have to. Um, <laughs> yeah, Vasa will eat it. And then I give Vasa one too. I'm like, here you go. Um, Vasa eats it. She crumples it up into a little ball and she eats it. <laughs> Okie doke. Well, now I can find you. This is very good. And then she casts Pass Without Trace. And then she transforms into a, a rat. Vasa <laughs> helps her, helps like wedge that... Uh, Ertl squeak really deep into Bermelstone's beard, like she's like layering on, and you know, Bermelstone is quite uncomfortable with this. Yeah, well, Vasa doesn't care. Vasa's just like, no, 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 I hope you can breathe in there. But she's like, really, like right underneath the chin fat, almost like where another dwarf might be too uncomfortable to really look. She's really hiding Ertl deep. Ertl is very comfy there. Ertl deep. But then uh, as she straightens, she looks to Brumblestone very seriously, and she says, yeah, um, and also she says aloud enough for Ertl be benefit, she says, Don't look but down. In, the, in the event that not enough of us survive, you know, come back to this place and do not come, do not go in after us again. The shards, the shards must be gathered, the mission must go on. However, I would ask that if any of you make it to my world and Rollum, Please find the obsidians and a man named Maltan and make sure that my kittens are all right. And that's all she says before she straightens and starts to assemble her gear and get ready. Oh my god, I can't wait to get to Rala if we survive this, which I'm giving us 50% <laughs> chance. Lot. 60%. Quinn looks at you and uh, looks around and... Vasa would whisper in his ear, go ahead. All right. Because, yeah, he doesn't know where you guys are right now. He's, you guys are stealthing around. And he says, all right, well, let's let's get this over with. And he begins the march. He begins the march uh, to the Brotherhood of Iron. And you make your way 
ominous music, music here. <laughs> music. The last march of the ends. Nothing copyrighted. So you begin your march through the city. Uh, obviously, you're, he's walking a little slower to ke- let you guys be able to keep up while you're stealthing around, making sure you don't bump into anybody. And before too long, you find yourself in front of the Brotherhood of Iron's headquarters, where the cellar lies. And he doesn't really stop. He just pushes the door open and then uh, bends down to uh, tie his shoe. And he does it with the door open. Yep, scooting on in. Yep. Once um, he believes that you are all in, he uh, finishes tying his shoe, gets up, the door shuts, and then he just walks right by everybody. There are a lot less guards right now because it is lunch, and there's basically just one guard at the door, and when he walks up, he just walks up like he's done this a million times, and he puts his hand over the door, and he moves it in a kind of distinctive pattern, almost as if he's moving stuff inside the door around. And then the guard nods at him, and he pushes the door open, and then... Scoots in really quickly. Yeah, as soon as he gets there, he's like, hey, actually, real quick, he turns to talk to the guard, and he's like, are you, you heading down to the bar? And he's, uh, the guy's like, well, when it's, yeah, when it's my shift, he's like, bring me back something. I don't care what it is. I'm just hungry. I'll eat whatever you bring. And he's, like, holding the door open while he's doing all this. So, yeah, the three of you sneak on in. Uh, can he like? Can he do the thing where he like hold the door for somebody who's too far away, but then you don't want to close uh, it on them, so you just keep holding it? And <laughs> I need everyone to make well, their checks you... real quick. I mean, not a, not Olivia, but I am hidden. Yeah, it's twenty-four plus another ten. It's a thirty-four. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Vasa walks through oh. the wall. <laughs> I uh, I I just got a, I just got a thirty. No shit. <laughs> Why did you even yeah. show up today if you weren't ready to play? Come on, this game, real quick. <laughs> Bubble Snowman is immediately noticed. <laughs> 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 and they would, and regardless of what Claiborne rolled, I'm assuming that our rolls would help cover her. Yep, you only need to, uh, yeah, half. So uh, all of you get through, but yeah, she's completely silent as well. And the three of you get through, and then once you walk through, you're, there's a long staircase going down. It doesn't twist or turn or anything like that, and the steps are very, very large. Um, obviously large enough so that the vault armors can walk up and down them as well. Gundams. <laughs> Are they well made? Yeah, yeah, they're made of stone. Mm. So Brummelstone still, still judges them just a little harshly. <laughs> so yeah, you make your way down the stairs. Um, it's pretty far underground. You are traveling the stairs for about ten minutes. Vasa makes sure to keep to the, the walls of the stairs, not to travel the middle. Yep. So one of the parts that's difficult for you is once the door shuts, there's no lights. Damn. Yeah. Good thing dwarvish people have 
Uh, night vision, night vision right? yeah. They have yeah. dark vision, so they don't need lights down here. Those mm, bastards! And I am a rat, so I can see just fine. Vonda's <laughs> um, keeping her her uh, sh- her hand on Brummelstone's shoulder. Yeah. At first, you find another hand, and then you got to move your hand over and find a different shoulder to touch. Ah, uh, Claiborne got this shoulder. No! <laughs> oh my god! Oh, the drums. Um, can I ratatouille, Jane? This is not no, a serious no. ingestion. But <laughs> I'm just saying rats have night vision. Oh my god. You don't. It took I'll me a second to realize you. what you meant by that. But uh yeah, as you head down and it's like Brummelstone and the dwarf in front of you, uh Quindwarf, they don't even stop to think about it. Like it's so natural for them that it's not until they get a little bit down there like you, you see the uh, Quinn stop in front of you for a second, like, and then keep walking, hoping that you guys sync up <laughs> or do what you got to do. Eventually, you do make your way down, and for those that can see, uh, <laughs> you watch as Quinn once again moves his hands around the door in a, a specific pattern and then pushes it forward. It, while watching this, is there a way I can, like, memorize the pattern or, like, just in case I ever get my hand on a glove? Yeah, give me an intelligence check. One. You- <laughs> <laughs> what if you actually gave him like a test where you're, you like just said five random numbers and you're like, remember those? But don't oh, I get, what, all right, I'll give you that choice. You want to memorize no, some? No, 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 no. <laughs> no, I think you memorize. You write it down. Nope. Nope. Okay, it would be an eleven altogether. Just- <laughs> okay. It's still not great, but like, yeah, yeah. I, I, it's more like the idea that if I do get a glove, it's like something like this. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you, you feel like you could give it a shot this time and not feel completely scared. All right, so yeah, he pushes the door open, walks forward, and you can immediately hear t- uh, one on each side of the door a huge metal scraping and like a grinding as like something kind of almost as like it unseals or opens and it's like hey Duque and uh, Quinn looks up and he's like hey what's going on he's like what are you doing down here and he's like I gotta get to storage and he's like what for and he's like and he just stares at him and he's like I know I know we don't tell each other anything and he's like yeah and so (laughs) Thank God, Quinn. I was for a second like, Quinn, Quinn, come on. Quinn, how hard Nadia. is it to lie, Quinn? Just a pack of Nanya. <laughs> I just like. Does this new room have more light or is it no, equally pitch it's black? It's all pitch black. Damn, fucking doors. God. And yeah, so Brummelstone. It's almost like I'm tempted just to text Wesley everything he sees. <laughs> Vasa has a uh, Vasa's hearing is heightened, and she can echolocate through cooking. <laughs> As you come into the area, you can see that you can head down hallways to your left and to your right, but you suspect that they're all going to be pretty much the same. You're heading straight, following Quinn's lead, and he seems to know exactly where he's going. And the there are cells everywhere. The cells are filled with people. There's a small bench in there for them. There is like, there's a bowl in there and it's split in half. Like there's like a divider in the middle and that's where the food and the water go in. The other thing that might catch your eye as you're walking through, none of the doors have locks on them. 
They just have metal slabs. So if you were going to try to pick the locks, you don't know how. You continue going forward, and every once you get towards the back of the area, you can see there are two uh, dwarves inside a cell, and they're talking to a small halfling, who's kind of just like, she's up against the corner, and she's really scared. She's not sure what they're going to do to her. But they're leaning against the cell, just acting like real casual. There's one inside and one outside, actually. And as you guys get close, one of the doors turns around and is like, hey, hey, help us out with something over here. And he's like, yeah, what do you, what do you want? And he's like, well, we're trying to get this little lady to give up some information. Apparently she saw some gunslingers in the area, and she's not talking. And we know that you usually have a, uh, a way with people. Do you mind uh, spending some time with her? And he kind of is like, I don't think she, uh, she can handle me. And it's like, well, don't kill her. Just, you know, make a good argument. And he's like, you guys don't have the stones for it? And it's like, look. And the one guy looks around. And he kind of like whispers something to him. And he's like, that's what I thought. Um, yeah, all right. Let me in. I'll take a look at her. Maybe have a conversation with her. And they're like, all right. So they let him in. They They shut the cell door. And one of them walks away, and then he bends down, and who here speaks halfling? Do any of us? I speak druidic. Because halfling is different from no I speak right? thief. So um, he says something, and he just kind of talks for a little bit, and he looks over at the guard behind him, and he's like, ain't that right? And the guy's like, I don't speak halfling, I don't know what the hell you said. And he's like, oh, God. Learn something, won't you? turns around and then just starts talking to her in halfling just talking and talking and she looks like she's starting to cheer up a little bit and she's kind of feeling a little more comfortable and calm and then eventually uh, he turns around and he's like she'll tell you everything that you want and he's like how the hell did you do that and he's like I got away with women what do you think and steps out of the cell <laughs> And uh, the halfling looks around and then looks right at you guys and smiles. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, when she sees you guys, she smiles and she's like, <gasps> and uh, Quinn looks at her and goes, and just kind of nods. And she's like, <sighs> and then you guys keep walking forward. And then you guys head to the next door. Uh, he opens it. There are two guards at this door, but they're not uh, in uh, any kind of loud metal-sounding machines. And he opens that door, goes in, and you guys are in a hallway. And then once he shuts the door and seals it, he's like, So, new plan. We're taking her with us. <gasps> um, is this still completely dark? Yeah. It's pitch black in here, yeah. She can be our new Tompkins. Vasa, Vasa says, her, Vasa whispers, why? Who? Who and why? Her name's Rampu. She saw you guys walking around. She won't talk. And I told her that we're here to break people out. Uh, Vasa would have climbed her hand up to Brummelstone's neck and very subtly done a little like, sh- like rotating motion of his neck as if to communicate, hell no. But she herself doesn't say anything. And then Vasa, after a pause, would say, Sure. 
Well, I know that you guys got stuff going on, so if you can't, just don't take me with you. Understand. Okay. Yeah, she's seen, you, she's seen you guys around, and she hasn't said a word. I'm getting her out of here. Okay. Quinn is so sexy. <laughs> He's so devoted to the ladies. <laughs> Look at that. That's so noble. Yeah, so you guys continue down the hallway, and um, like about halfway down, he's like, all right, uh, zip up, I guess, again. And then he stops talking to you guys and starts walking forward again. But then he stops for a second, and he's like, uh, I don't really know too much of my way around here. Asa whispers, we have to find one of their dwarves to Doppelzorb. Uh, you want me to jump in again? What? Just these are such bad people. I don't like knowing everything they know. We need you, Quinn. He just lets out a sigh, and it's not a gruffy sigh. It's like it's Quinn sigh, like like he lets out his own sigh. Um, and he's like, "Yeah, I know." Was Tina Roborto's place this dark? Because nope. they could see. A cr- they could God, see. Mother- Damn it, freaking Quinn not mentioning it's pitch black in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they don't want the lights off on the crazies and the dangerous people. <laughs> gave I gave my tinderbox to Ertleby. Actually, does does Brummelstone have a tinderbox? Actually, you know what? Bosses well, yeah, Boss will whisper down to uh Brummelstone be like, Do you have a tinderbox? No. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Brummel's son would say, uh, whisper back to Vasa, it's like, don't worry, you're not missing much. Just some really unimpressive dwarven buildings. These are nothing like on Obrivas. Now, there, let me tell you about Shut up. how to fight. I need, light to, I need light to fight. <laughs> the little Ertlebee on your shoulders would be like, if we have <laughs> you to navigate a dark path, we should nearly keep to the right at all times, for surely we shall eventually find our way through the maze. So Vasa just hears squeaking. And she says, <laughs> Grandmother, shh. <sighs> so how do you want to do this? Do you want me to lead? I'm no good at mazes. Vasa would whisper, do you have a tinderbox? Or matches? You mean like a lighter? Yeah. No. Fuck. I hate the city. <laughs> I mean, like, I can look around and try to find my way through here. They're going to notice how badly I can't find my way around here after a while. No, so Vas was saying, like, we need to separate one of the dwarves and jump him. I do know they don't travel by themselves down here. How big do how big a pack do they travel in? Two, if you're lucky. Four, the rest of the time. Let's try to find two. Yeah. Which is something else I want to bring up. They're gonna find it weird that there's only one of me. Just say it's your first day. <laughs> they, they know who I am. <laughs> Boss says, um, "Can't you just bluff and say that you were you were abandoned by your other accompaniment and that you've been waiting for somebody to come along and fetch him all this time?" Yeah, I'll say, but I'll say that stuff. That sounds good. This is going to work well for us. We need a group of two. Peek around corners if you have to. We can't encounter a group of three. All right. And so he starts walking again, gets to the door. Uh, 
takes him a little more effort to get through this door. Like this door, um, Brummelstone, you can see this door is a lot thicker and heavier. And it takes him like, like usually when he comes up, he's taking one hand and slamming against the door. Then he's like sliding his hand to the left and then kind of going up. Like it's, it's forceful, but it's not like it doesn't look aggressive for this door. He's actually got both his hands and he's like sliding one part and sliding the next part and just using all his strength he can to move these around. Once he gets the door open and starts walking through, yes, he's all the strength to close it again. Uh, Brummelstone, you watch as the four guards, two on each side, don't help him. Like, they just watch him. And then he shuts it, unlocks it, and he's like, <sighs> and they're like, you going to be okay over there? Huh? Huh? <laughs> he's like, where's your partner? And he's like, lunch. And he's like, so why'd you bother coming down here without your partner? And he's like, have you hung out with my partner after lunch? <laughs> it's not fun. Dude, that's such a <laughs> good line. Like, oh. <laughs> and, <laughs> and they're like, oh. And he's like, yeah, uh, I'd rather do the heavy lifting by myself. He's got some own lifting of his own to do. And I hanging out with him till about an hour and a half after he gets through his lunch. And uh, just starts walking away. Quinn, so smooth. And then, like, play the game. Once, they, once he gets like around a corner, he's just like, <sighs> <laughs> like he didn't have that one planned out. He's just like, Gee, oh my god. He just kind of lets out a sigh and keeps walking. So yeah, he's kind of walking, walking. Is he searching? Can I use like? Passive and can I use investigation or like passive perception to see if I can cut like I don't know I know there's not going to be like a green line to layer four but maybe like look to see if there's if you can tell me um like basically if you can help me figure out like what you'd be looking for that would help lead you through yeah so so maybe give me so this is all stone work right yep this is all stone work and the cells are um. Much further apart. Okay. They still have people in them. People down here don't look good. Like, like the people up up top, or not up top, but in the other two level uh, areas, they look like they were at least, you know, maybe they weren't always fed on time or whatever they're doing to them down there. But for the most part, they look like they had their health. These people down here look like... You just don't know how much longer they're going to make it mentally or physically, depending on who you're looking at. There are people who are just kind of walking back and forth, like they walk into one of their walls and they bounce off and they walk into another part of their wall and mm. you can tell they can't see, maybe they don't care anymore. Um, there's somebody who's just like scratching at the steel bars and you can see that their nails have kind of been grinded down. So, And their fingers look bruised. So using that kind of knowledge, I'm going to guess that there are prisoners on a main path that are used more often, right? Like, you don't always have all of the cells full, so maybe look for using my stone-cutting knowledge as a dwarf where it looks like there's more worn-in, uh, maybe from footpaths traveled or from the cells that are, like, more, just a little bit more beat up from, from years. Also, maybe using that concept of... Uh, in, in dwarven architecture, 
you would have at least one main path, right? Like one thing is going to get you, and then there's going to be there's going to be a main path at least for fire escape, or you know, like for, <laughs> for transfer. They're not worried about he's that. He's trying to urban plan his way through. <laughs> yeah, I am. Well, like, or like just the transfer. Of, Obviously, they have handicap rules, <laughs> right? So I, I mean, just follow those. Easy. That's what you do in every city. In um, in New tandem York. with this, can Ertl be smell anything? Uh, I will. I will read you now the ratbehavior.org uh, <laughs> paragraph on smell. A rat lives in a galaxy of smells. Every object, every surface, every breath of air contains different smells. His nose is unbelievably sensitive. Over one percent of his DNA is devoted to detecting odors, an incredibly high percentage that gives us some inkling of how critical smell is to the rat. They can smell metal and electric wire. Could Ertlebe get a clue for where the forged are? Um, also, looking at the urban planning for insight um, from smell. Let's see. <laughs> Too um, bad she doesn't have. It's gonna be a. It's the the DC is gonna be high, but I will give you a a wisdom perception check because um, you have keen smell, according to Five E. Ertle Bloodhound. I got a. A 16 for my roll, and then my wisdom is plus two, and I'm proficient in wisdom, so I really get a plus four, so it's a 20. So, you think you might have something, but the problem is that they'd have to follow you. I could pull on Rumblestone's beard. Yes, let's ratatouille this. We got this. (laughs) I'm ratatouilleing this. I'm going to pull on the side of his beard nearest the door I want to go through. (laughs) <laughs> all right so yeah you feel a, a tug in your beard on the uh on your left side uh you know i don't i don't always necessarily trust grandma but i don't have an action here to disagree with it and i'm i'm feeling foolish because i obviously don't know the stone working as much as i want to and act like i would so i would <laughs> i would tell i would just like lead twin the same way and just be like to the left <laughs> as though it was my own idea like the stonework <laughs> tells me so you pull on his hair and he's like what are you doing or like you know like you're tapping his shoulder you know i didn't know is it what to the left or that right that's the direction she said yeah, whichever yeah. direction earl be said and then one of the people in the cell looks at you and is like you too he just kind of laughs and starts scratching his head again. And uh, the dwarf in front of you just starts to follow your lead. So you're taking cues <laughs> and then giving cues. Yeah, you're getting like a pull on your beard. And then you're like... It's like a weird Congo line thing. <laughs> it's going right, to so work. It's you, okay. <laughs> you spend a little while walking avoiding you you do see they have in this area it looks like they move the prisoners around a lot so like you'll see them like pull a prisoner out of a cell load him in a uh the the back tank of a vault armor and then march him down to a completely different cell and throw him in there see those vault armors would lead wear and tear on the stonework scratches there we go nice very nice you do eventually approach a door um after a, a long time of wandering around maybe you got lost a little bit but you eventually do find your way and um he stops around the corner before he gets before he's visible 
and lets you peek around too, and then turns around and says, "All right, this is it." Is this a group of two? And, uh, two vault armors. Up ahead is the the last door, the door you guys want. The one you can't open. I can't open it, and even if I could, uh, no one gets in without clearance from the uh, vault armor up there. We were supposed to get a dwarf that could open the, the door. Yeah, but then you guys started having me walk around and you guys led me to the door. We did do that thing. Well, Vasa was, was sort of hissed. She says, you know, the vault almers at the door. We can make a distraction to send them away, but we need a dwarf who can open the door. So Brummelstone would say if we can get to one of the guys who are crazy and accidentally open the door... So that he causes a distraction. Perhaps they'll move away. Just like, let one of the, one of the guys out. They're never going to leave that door. Okay. Why not? Like, that's, that's because their job is to guard the door, not the cells, not the floor. How many other people are on the floor that we saw? Like, how many groups did we have? <laughs> you, saw, you saw at least, like, a dozen groups in your travels. Okay, okay. Between two and four people. I mean, I'll go find someone if you want. I'll go take. I think that's our probably our best bet is to find yeah two and let's take them. The other there's one more problem. How long did your spell last, uh, Ertleby? An hour, right? Let me reference the tome. Mm-mm-mm. Heat metal casting time one hour. <laughs> <laughs> Have I told you the good word of heat metal? It's been known to bake a dwarf into meatloaf in three seconds flat. But yeah, um, by your count, Olivia, you've only got a few minutes left of this uh, spell. I'll indicate this by like pulling real hard on his beard. That, uh, yeah, that sinks Crawling into... in his face. Yeah. <laughs> spell's about yeah. to end, so we need to make our move quick. Wow, uh, <laughs> Rumblethone is fluent in the beard talk, uh, clearly. Uh, um, you know, it's magic. It's like, Rumblestone also knows that things don't last forever. No, um, Vasa <laughs> would say that we should find a pair of dwarves as near to the store as possible and take them if possible. And he just starts walking around, looking down the halls. But hopefully within a radius of the door, such that if they had to go back to the door, they, we, we wouldn't even need Earlby's nose to know exactly which turns to make. Right, right. Yeah. So he's kind of poking around and... Hello. Hello. <laughs> I'm just kind of walking around. And I guess I like I kind of heard this and then didn't do anything about it. I'm going to need to transform back into me to cast pass without trace again on you guys. Um if that's if that's something we want to do. Keep on keep on passing without trace. Well, even if we were sneaking, one, we won't be able to confront the the third door without creating commotion. So I don't think we can sneak past that door. Um, and two, once we attack the dwarves, our our coverage pretty much blown. Our anyway. coverage will be blown anyway. Yeah, that's when Claiborne finally speaks, and she's like, "Why don't we just take them out? We're gonna have to fight them anyway, right?" The- uh, you know what? That's let's. Let's stop footsing around. I got a wand of web. We just web one, I'll web the other, and you guys just take out. I mean, how hard is it to hit a big metal thing, right? Well, you, have, like, the, you we, have the electricity. We'd be counting on you, Master Dwarf. 
we need to get the dudes. The dudes inside know how to open the door, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, probably. It would be weird if they didn't. Okay, so <laughs> part of, part we... of their services are locked into the <laughs> Yeah, they're like, I don't know how to get past the door. I could just stand in front of it and give you directions back <laughs> the way you came. That's really all I can do here. Well, the Gundam drivers know how to open the doors. Yeah, so we can just, like, we can doppelzorp one of those. Yeah, well, no, no, but no. there's a problem with that. What? Yeah, yeah uh, they self-destruct. How about this? If we trigger their self-destruct, all that we've done is eliminate the Gundam defenders of the door. We can still find another dwarf. If we manage we'll to get find them, a lot we... of dwarves at that point when they blow up. <laughs> if we manage to get them out of their Gundams without tr- without blowing them up, then we have the dwarves, and we've also defeated the Gundams. So either you way, two we can minutes have to left the on your spell, uh, Olivia. Say what? You got two minutes left on your spell. Okay. Give me one second. I'm going to go ahead and start the clock. Oh. It sounds. It sounds like fighting now is. We have to what? basically choose who to fight. We either fight other dwarves, and then confront the Gundams who won't be joining the fight, or we fight the Gundams head on and risk other dwarves joining in. I mean, if I heat their Gundam suits, I think they'll get out of the Gundam. But I can't tell that to you guys. And you guys don't even know that Ertleby wants to do heat metal, so pretend I said yeah. nothing. You decide. Let's I, <laughs> I say go Gundam, let's go now. Right? Like versus If we can't find another dwarf in them, you know, by now, then we just need to go back and fight the Gundams. Is there any dwarf that we can see? I mean, like I said, you're going to get dwarves. <laughs> the moment one of those blows up, you're going to get a lot of dwarves. We just have to defeat them without them blowing up. Quinn's like, what do you want me to do? Uh, if you know how to open them up, try to open them up. Like, Otherwise, stay back and stay safe. We need you alive. Oh, and then, oh no, Vasa says, if it looks, if it looks like... Um, if the, it looks like they're summoning help from other dwarves and other dwarves are coming, and your spell wears off, okay, whatever. We're we're quite whatever. Vasa would hiss really quickly. She says, "If it looks like other dwarves are trying to join the fight, and you're out of the way, start opening jail cells, create chaos with the other uh, with the other prisoners." Yeah, you guys just just all kind of come in, and he's like, "All right, yeah." Okay. Uh, he looks at Brummelstone. He's like, "Can't you make a light for them to fight? Like you don't want them to go in blind." Uh, that's not a spell I really have. <laughs> Alright, fine. Um, can Brimostone just, like, rub his little orb and just create a spark of fire? Do you have press digitation? No. no. <laughs> Wait, so we have torches, but we don't have any way to light them up? Well, I have a tinderbox, but Ertlebee is holding it. Um, that's me. Okay, so she can turn into a mouse one more time, right? Uh, a rat yeah. one more time. Yeah. Um, I can de-rat, give you your tinderbox, <laughs> cast a spell or two, and then rat again. Um, so Vasa takes back her tinderbox. <laughs> <laughs> which she should never have given to Erdelby. Um There was a lot of play of this tinderbox. <laughs> <laughs> the play of the game is tinderbox. Tinder <laughs> Alright. <laughs> you like grab it back fiercely. 
<laughs> Rumblestone is just really going to hope that Claiborne can take down one of these. And can Gwyn cause a distract, distraction, like walk down there and be like, oh, hey, guys. And then No, we need we need Quinn to be safe. Yeah. And once you guys are like while you guys are talking, Quinn puts himself in a cell and then shapes into just like a some human that you've never seen before takes the glove off and tucks it like behind him so like he puts it underneath his shirt into if his Vasa belt if saw that she would have been nice but she didn't see anything <laughs> <laughs> what we're gonna have to roll is just uh, a stealth check to see if you guys get surprised or not and if you get surprised and you each get an action please for the love of god I'm afraid to look down Thanks for listening to episode 37, The Cellar, Part 1. If you want more World Walkers in your life, you can visit our website at worldwalkerspodcast.com, and you can also find us at worldwalkerspod on Twitter or on Facebook at facebook.com slash worldwalkerspod. As always, the next episode will post next week, but if you can't wait, you should think about becoming a member and supporting the podcast at patreon.com slash worldwalkers. A few bucks from you get you early and exclusive episodes, our house rules, and art. Your support also means I get to keep ads out of the podcast and I can keep doing the podcast weekly, which I've done nonstop since the show launched in December of 2016. Also, if you haven't heard, I've started a new show on Twitch called World Walkers Cog. I run multiple games and they're all connected in the same universe that World Walkers exist in. So if you want to see what's happening in the steam-powered world of Cog, you can join us at twitch.tv slash Galicia. That's twitch.tv slash P-E-D- R-O-G-A-L-I-C-I-A. Thanks to Kevin McLeod over at Incompetech.com for the music in this episode. And thanks as always to Sirenscape for the sound effects you heard. You can find them at Sirenscape.com. Give me one sec. I need my book. <laughs> the book of spells that the we book all... Of spells. <laughs> book of spells. Oh shit, am I recording? I also remember you can turn into a tree, so that's helpful. Yeah, but. yeah. Oh, they're gonna fire at us! Turn into a tree. Impromptu park. <laughs> Impromptu park. We'll just make it look like a bitch in a tree. No one will suspect a thing. A bitch in a tree? <laughs> and the cellar worked perfectly. Wait, did you oh, say bench? Bench. I said bench. It did not sound like it. But. Oh, I thought you said a bitch in a tree, and I was like, a bitch in a tree. I was, I was like, like is that what they say? Prison is Is that just a Nashville thing? Like the hi hat removes the copyright. <laughs> yeah. Bossa turns around and runs in the other direction. So long, suckers! (laughs) (laughs) I never liked any of you! (laughs) I brought them for you, my masters!
pass without a traitor. Um, yeah. <laughs> How much can I get for all these guys? <laughs> Let go. <laughs> This deal uh, just keeps getting better and better. So, Wes, we were informed that the staircase is pitch black because dwarves have night dark vision and don't need it to see anything. Yeah. You, so, you guys, you, uh, guys didn't, you guys didn't plan for that. So, Vasa is uh, Vasa is actually keeping her hand on one of Brummelstone's shoulders, and apparently, Claiborne has the other. Aww. <laughs> Brummelstone is going to forget who is who and like. Do the hand over the shoulder? Thing. <laughs> I like, would have <laughs> slapped Brummelstone's hand if it if uh, Brummelstone pets the wrong one. I was just gonna I was just gonna narrate to the audience. I, I'm now imitating the look of shame Brummelstone would have in that moment. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, the Rachel. other dwarves are just like halflings, man. Halflings, what are you gonna do? <laughs> Always making face faces of well, she doesn't oh, like. Relief. Oh my god. <laughs> Like she just kind of like her eyes kind of light that, up a little bit. Is that and... Brummelstone? <laughs> is that the world walkers? <laughs> it's not a gruffy sigh. It's like it's Quinn sigh. Like like he lets out his own sigh. Um, and he's like, yeah, <laughs> I know. <sighs> There's coughing nearby. Is that the halfling? <laughs> it's a dwarf. It's, it's Dave. Kill it. Kill it. Dave, you're putting on cover. <laughs> We're in the basement, and you're sick. Oh, no. Yeah. Now the dwarves are gonna find us and kill us. <laughs> Never cough again. Dave, you've given up the goose. As an aside, I know Pedro that you've been giggling to yourself with holding this knowledge that the cellar is pitch black all these weeks. <laughs> <laughs> no one thought that. <laughs> so proud of himself for for having that more black today for having that secret over us. <laughs> I have a green hoodie and I have a black hoodie, and I was like, I'm gonna wear the black hoodie. <laughs> you, you. <laughs> <laughs> goodbye, everyone. The shadow spell's working. All right, wait, see, yeah, yeah, yeah. Here. Guys, can we keep Quinn and Claiborne? I feel like... <laughs> I like. I don't want to lose Quinn. I don't want to lose Claiborne. Or that nice little halfling <laughs> replacement for Tompkins. <laughs> Tompkins. I knew that you guys were going to say that too. I was like, oh, a little... Because I, I know who the halfling is and all that. And I was like, oh yeah, I'll put her down here. And then it was like, god, they're just going to like trade up. Or trade down or trade side, whatever. Like They're like... We're gonna. We're, oh, good! We're gonna, it's, it's Tom Canetta. Like <laughs> we're gonna intervene him, Fresh Prince. Which are halflings mid-season? <laughs> the woman. She looks nothing like him. We're predictable in this way. I'm proud of us for being so predictable. Ertleby summons the power of heat. She equipped heat metal. Many, many moons ago, when we first came to Cog, <laughs> thinking it would be cool to heat metal in Cog, and she kept it in her spell book again and again, every day, thinking it would be really neat if we heated metal. And yet, for some reason, even though they were on a steampunk planet, the occasion never arose. Until now, Erdlebe casts heat metal on the left Gundam. Can I say something real quick? Yeah. <laughs> 
it tickles me to to believe that like because druids don't have spell books, but I like to believe that Erdelby has a spell book. <laughs> <laughs> like a, like an old grandma recipe book. 